Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, off and running on this Monday, April 3rd. Hey, you. It's actually the Dan Grossa show, but it's like ESPN New York has moved up to this slot, but Larry's not here. So who knows? Whatever you want to call the show, call it. I don't know. Is it Dan's show? Is it my show? Is it ESPN New York? Who knows? But, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, and you can find me on TikTok, at least for the next couple hours, at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio, 10 o'clock tonight, three big hours to run through it all. And you will need that Twitter handle a little bit later on because we will be crowning our most rewatchable movie from our big tournament that we've been running all month long. We are down to the final two. We will unveil that uh, coming up maybe 8 o'clock hour, unless you were listening to uh, Don's uh, show there at the end there, or we already unveiled it. But we'll re-unveil it a little bit later on. But we need three hours today because uh, we got a lot of stuff to run through. NFL over-unders are out. They actually came out last week, but uh, got some early thoughts there. So we'll do a little card sharks, higher or lower in terms of some teams. We'll spin the wheel, see who we get. Also, we got to run down the baseball with the Yankees getting underway, the Mets this afternoon. And we look, at least we got through the first weekend without either fan base melting down about anything. So that's always a good sign. We got through a weekend. And that's that might not sound like a lot, but it is a lot. And maybe we'll mix in a round of what I learned on TikTok. But where we got to start, of course, is with the Knicks. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Knicks clinch a playoff spot with that win over the Wizards last night. Now, they're not wrapped up five yet, but it certainly seems like barring something really out of left field, the Knicks are going to be five. The Knicks are going to face the Cavaliers in the first round of the playoffs. And you can kind of sit back here, hopefully, uh, before too long, and celebrate the fact the Knicks are back in the playoffs. The game yesterday, they overcame a bad first half, locked it down in the second half. Uh, obviously, uh, Brunson was sensational. Quickly was typical quickly. Quentin Grimes, another big game. I thought Mitchell Robinson was big. So credit to everybody involved. Credit to Tibbs on getting the team back in the playoffs, which was not a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination coming into the season. After year one, everybody loved it. After year two, you thought, well, this is the real Knicks. And now after year three, you're saying to yourself, well, you know what? Wait wait a second. The Knicks are actually a good team. And, and I think the main takeaway for me, I've been listening to a lot of the shows today, is what do the Knicks need to do in the playoffs? Do they need to win the first round? Do they need to do this? Do they need to do that? What you know about the Knicks already is the Knicks have already had a successful season. The Knicks have let that wash over you for a little. Yes, the Knicks season has already been a success. Again, sometimes you can have revisionist history on things, but go back to the beginning of the year. If I would have told you then that the Knicks were going to be the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference this year, how many of you would have said, yeah, absolutely. I, I expect them to be the fifth seed. If I had told you before the season that Jalen Brunson would play like an all-star throughout the season, not just have some good moments here or there, not be an improvement over what you had, he would play like an all-star from start to finish, that you would get Randall back to where he was a couple of years ago, that players like Quickly and Grimes would have the seasons that they would have. 
There's not a single rational Nick fan. Now, again, the ra- I'm doing the air quotes with the rational when it comes to Nick fan. But there's not a single rational Nick fan who would have said back then, you know what? I need more. You know what? Not good enough. It's not good enough just to be the fifth seed. It's not good enough to have the organization on more solid footing than it's been in two decades. That's not good. I want more than that. So whether you want to admit it or not, the Knicks season has already been a success. And I kind of ran, I've run down this before, but just to remind you what this regime has been brought to do here. There's four steps of the process. The first one was to establish some credibility, to establish a floor. They're not going to be a punchline anymore. They're not going to tank anymore. You're not going to have any more seasons where they win 20 games. That was the first thing. They've done that. The second thing was to kind of acquire assets on the fly. Now, you weren't going to get the the number one pick because you weren't going to tank. The, The main goal was to win games and build while you win, which is not easy to do in any sport, especially not in the NBA where superstars are what you need to win big. But they were going to acquire draft picks and young players while winning. They've done that. They've also, number three, remained flexible. They didn't lock themselves into anything with a low ceiling like a lot of previous regimes did, just go out and make a big move for a big name just to do so. And then the fourth thing, which they've not done yet, but you hope is going to come here before too long, is they're going to have to land that superstar. That's always the way they are going to be judged. But I've heard a lot of, you know, you got to give Brunson credit, you got to give the players credit, you got to give Tibbs credit, and that's all true. But how about some credit to the front office? I know Leon Rose is not going to be the toast of the town because he never talks to anybody. You never see him. You never hear from him. But think about what his, his since he's been here, a guy that had no, uh, there was no real way to know what, how he was going to do as uh, in terms of running a team. The first thing, bring in Tibbs. I know a lot of us didn't like that move at the time. We felt like this was more of a teardown situation. He read the situation right, hired Tibbs, and that's turned out pretty good. They've found players in the draft in the first round and Grimes and quickly that have turned out to be pretty good. They, they certainly nailed the evaluation of Jalen Brunson. I mean, I, there's not a single person who thought that Brunson was going to be as good as he has been here. So you definitely have to give some credit to Leon Rose, and this team is much better than the team two years ago. They're not as reliant on Randall. Brunson's been what he's been. They're a deeper team. They're a more talented team overall. So, yes, the Knicks have already had a successful season. When the regular season goes better than anyone could have expected and and the playoffs are not a guarantee in any way, then you have to look back and say, you know, we've got to give them some credit. I did not expect it to be this good, and it has been that good. And they are in better shape now than they've been in a very long time, which is not really saying much considering how bad they've been over the last 20 years. But they have a real shot to win a first-round playoff series for the first time in 10 years. You know, you, you can't expect them um, to, to, to do a whole lot better coming into a year with so many uncertainties as the Knicks have had than what they have done. And you cannot look at what they are facing in the playoffs and the Cavaliers and say, well, the only way for them to have a successful season is to beat them. The Cavs have been better all season long. Not when they played the Knicks but they've been the better overall team. They have the home court where they've been one of the best records in the entire sport. And the Knicks, at the very best, are going to have a diminished Randall whenever that series uh, gets underway. Either a diminished Randall or no Randall at all. 
So you can't hinge the season on winning a first-round playoff series when the other team has a better overall record, has the home court advantage, and you'd have to say the Cavs are a whole lot closer to those top three teams in the East and where the Knicks are at. The Knicks are as good of a season as they've had. I think they are properly where they should be, right? If they end up in that five spot, I think they are closer in terms of where they're at to where the Nets are at and where the Heat are at than where the Bucks are at and the Celtics and that and the Sixers. So you can't judge a successful season on winning a first-round playoff series when you're going to be, I would think, pretty sizable underdogs in that first-round playoff series. So, yes, the Knicks have already had a successful season. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll get your Knicks thoughts on the win against the Wizards, about the playoffs. Am I, what am I getting wrong? Am I, am I giving the Knicks too much of a pass by saying they've already had a successful season? I will say one thing. There is one asterisk on that statement of the Knicks have already had a successful season, and I'll tell you what that is coming up. It's the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, taking you up until 10, only here on 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Just so you know, people, he did not strike out. No, it was a walk to load the bases. Yankees did not score any further, but they do have a 2-0 lead on the Phillies as they play uh, top two. Wow, game is really dragging. As it's only in the top of the second inning. Yankees uh, had a bunch of base. Boy, the Phillies were kicking it around in that inning, you know. I can't solely focus on it, but uh, who's the center fielder? Marsh. He misplayed a ball uh, by LeMahieu, played that into a, a triple, basically. Um, they had a bunch of stolen base. The ball went into the center field. So Yankees 2 nothing as they lead the Phillies, who are off to an 0-3 start. And um, look, three games is never enough time to start to panic, but just because uh, of Harper not being there and obviously the – the other injury they had to the first baseman. And a lot of things went right for the Phillies last year. You just start to wonder maybe a little bit if the Phillies are going to get off to a bit of a slow start. But uh, we'll check in on the Yankees a little bit later on. And, of course, Aaron Hicks's comments. He made some comments. He's got some comments to make. Interesting. Interesting. But we're talking Knicks at 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go out to uh, Chris is in New Jersey. Chris, you're next up on Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon, how are you? Thanks for taking the call. Hey, Chris, what's going on, pal? Listen, I'm 46. Uh-huh. Love the Knicks. Of course, the 90s. I love Randall. I'm not saying he doesn't have his flaws. But, I mean, I also look at the team and say, you got Brunson, who's just tremendous. And he makes Randall so much better than the entire team. But, I mean, Doncic, he's a he's a great player. But, to me, I don't really think there's that many a-level superstars in the league anymore anyway, besides, like, your Kawhi's, your LeBron's, your Giannis's, your Embiid's. Like, he's great. But they're, they're, they're flailing out there in Dallas, and, and their role players aren't much better than our role players, and they have Kyrie Irving. I mean, to me, this team does need a superstar, along with Julius. I don't know who that person is, but I want to love what's going on now. I'm realistic. We may not win the championship, but that's fine. But a good showing in the first round, hopefully a win, I'm excited. But I think this team, the Knicks type of team altogether, they're not just 
Patrick was a superstar, but he wasn't a lightning rod. He was just an amazing, awesome player for what he did in his position. So quick thoughts on that. Uh, well, look, absolutely you should enjoy right now. Uh, and I would disagree if light, that, that Patrick wasn't a lightning rod. Uh, trust me, he got he didn't go out of his way to become a lightning rod, but he absolutely was because of the fact that when, when the Knicks won the lottery that year and you knew you were getting Ewing, it wasn't just, hey, the Knicks are going to win a championship. The idea back then, the feeling was the Knicks are now going to be the team that wins championships. It's going to be that, that the league runs through New York. We got Patrick Ewing. So uh, I think you might be uh, misremembering how criticized Patrick was at the time. But, no, absolutely enjoy right now. I'm not, I'm not telling you not to enjoy right now, but I think that if you are a Nick fan that at some point does envision a way to uh, get to be in title contention again, I don't think that Julius Randle is going to be the number one guy, the number two guy on that kind of team. And with the style of play that he plays – I don't know that he can be a third option and still be effective. Uh, I think that he he's most effective with the way he plays on the Knicks, but that that kind of team I think has a very uh, not a very low ceiling, but not the ceiling that you want of, of a championship team. I don't think that that's really much up for debate. Uh, let's go to uh, let's see here. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, next up on the Gordon Damer show. Hey, good evening, GD. How's it going? Hey, Jose, what's going on, pal? I uh, wanted to make two quick points. Uh, one was I, I was at the Yankee game yesterday, and I got to say the game flew by very quickly. Um, even the person next to me was like, wow, that was quick. And I was just like, yeah, the, the pitch clock definitely made a huge difference. You can see the 20 seconds go down and pretty much everything is in sync. It really killed all the dead time. So all the people complaining, you're literally in the minority. It's not going to change. This has actually been very, very well received. Um, as far as for the Knicks, uh, I, I'm kind of sitting here, you know, finding it funny because it's very obvious that the ball does move better. We're not saying that uh, – I'm not one of those that thinks that, you know, you know, we, we, we need to look past beyond Randall because Randall does serve his need. But like what you said, what, um, what you kind of said um, – you know, him being capable of kind of being a third piece. That's always been my thing. If he was more of a third piece, I would be fantastic because his production and everything that goes along with it. But when his alpha male personality is always demanding the ball, like you also said, it has a very low ce- it has a very low ceiling in the shelf life. And that's kind of what Nick fans see. You're not going to really drive those Nick fans away from that. Because that's just like it's just something that everybody else sees. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a very ball dominant player. There's no, uh, mm-hmm. there's not really any way to to put it. And and when you know, two years ago, that's what you needed. And Jose, thanks for the phone call. I mean, that's what you needed. Uh, that helped you get to the four seed, e- even in a fluky year. That was that's what you needed. And 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 this year, he's a big reason for the Knicks' success. And and you've seen. Hey, we can we can get to this level. But we said two years ago, well, Randall can't be the number one option on a team that goes deep. And I don't know that he's always the number one option. I think it's between him and Brunson now. And I think that this team does have a better shot of going deeper into the playoffs. But I don't think anybody really expects them to be. If they get past the first round, hey, fantastic. I think that that's possible. But they're not getting much further than that. When you want to compete against those top teams, you're going to need – to be led by a, a top talent, uh, one of the top five, ten players. 
The NBA is very easy to figure out. You, if you want to win a championship, you better have one of those top five, top ten players. Otherwise, you're almost certainly not going to win. But for right now, with with what you got, this is it's good. And I and I want him to be back for the playoffs. I don't want to go into the playoffs with a letdown of not having one of my best players. But when you're taking a look further down the road, and and maybe a couple of years down the road. Uh, I do think that that I, – I, and I think Nick fans realize that as well. Even if you're enjoying it right now, you realize that at some point you're going to have to switch this up. It, it, this, is, this is not primarily uh, in terms of Randall, the, the group that's going to go and, 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 and ever win the Knicks a championship. I, and I don't think Randall could be that third option on a championship-level team. Uh, let's go to Izzy is in Long Island. Izzy, next up on the Gordon Dammer Show. Hi, Gordon. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Izzy, what's going on, pal? Um, so I just wanted to know, once in a while, you could have that pitching game. And I wanted to know, is it is it a problem with the defense, or is it just the um, beginning of the season? Because it sounds like everyone's fucked. Who are we talking about? The Mets? Oh, you're sort of talking about the Mets. Oh, um, well, look, you, you know, it was not Carrasco's day. It's never good when you uh, have more pitch clock violations than hits. That's not That's not the way you draw it up. You never want to have a pitch clock violation uh, at the first batter of the game. That's not how you draw it up. But, again, uh, the Mets, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's not ideal. But, you know, you, you took care of business in, um, in, in Miami. You won three or four there. It's a long season. Mets are going to be just fine. Mets are going to be just fine. Let's go out to uh, Kevin is in New Jersey. Kevin, what's going on, pal? What's up, Gordon? How we doing, man? I'm good, man. What's going on? Hang it, hang it. Just want to let you know, man, you're one of the best on the radio. Underrated. One of the best on the station. Just want to say that. I appreciate that, that Kevin. Uh, Thank you very much. I got you. Got you. Uh, so, just want to talk about the Knicks. And I was listening to the radio today, and a lot of people, you know, over the last two games with Randall being out, everyone's talking about how, like, Obi needs to get more minutes. And I think these people are watching, looking at a box score and not watching the game because Obi can't stay in front of anyone. And he also, for a guy whose knuckles drag on the ground, guy's got the longest arms in the world, can't grab boards. Guy's got a nice three-point jump shot, but people talk way too much about Obi needs to be a starter. I think people fell in love with the draft class that had IQ and Obi because it was the same year where the Knicks had, you know, the crazy run, you know, the, 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 the four seed. And, you know, and mm-hmm. I think everyone's like, they, those guys were the catalyst. And I think IQ is a legitimate basketball. Like, I think this guy could start in the NBA on well over a third, uh, two-thirds of the NBA teams. Love quick. Obi, I think his role is exactly what he should be. I thought he was going to be Stoudemire. I was very wrong on that one. And just one other thing. Because um, a lot of people are talking about how uh, I've heard today Jalen Brunson can be the second best player on a championship team, and Randall could be the third. I just feel like the third best player on your championship team either needs to be a, a, a knockdown shooter, which Randall is pretty good at, but only when he's a, when he's shooting in volume, or some guy who can take you off the dribble and get to the hole. But we all know Randall. I, I'm convinced he actually doesn't know how to dribble a basketball because uh, anytime he does, it's usually either a turnover or a bad. Uh, you know, throws the ball up with two seconds left to go. Um, my only question that I have for you, sorry for going on a rant, is who do you think that number one guy is that could come in? My thought was a center that could score, and it was Carl Anthony Towns. That's a guy I think that could do it. Uh, let me know your thoughts, and thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah, I mean, I know when, when Towns came out, everybody kind of thought he was going to be that kind of foundational piece. Uh, I don't know that I feel that strongly about him anymore. Um, well, look, it's, it's all going to kind of depend on who's av- – like, it's not – you're not going down the, the aisles of a shopping center, right? Like, it's not, it's not uh, Pathmark or Hills back in the day or King Cullen where you can just pick whatever you want. It's going to kind of be about what, uh, what's available at the, at the time, who, who becomes available. And, and, and 
kind of looking at the landscape of the NBA. What superstar is going to be unhappy in his situation and want out? And, and can the Knicks put together a package that would be appealing to that player? So, I mean, if I had uh, of the people that are realistically maybe going to shake loose that are young and, and exciting and still kind of fit that role, Luca would be uh, – that would be an ideal one. It wouldn't necessarily be the best fit with what the Knicks already have, but you're, you're going to kind of shake it up. If that guy becomes available, he's the kind of guy that I would say that I would be in, in, on board with. What, what do you want and how do we make this work? More so than Donovan Mitchell. Uh, the OB stuff, you know, with OB – you thought when you were getting him, he was going to be, because he was a little bit older, he was going to be more NBA ready. And it still seems like, and maybe this is just because of what he's been through, he still looks very un, unsure of himself on the court. At times, he looks great because of his physical abilities, but he's still kind of, I don't know, doesn't seem like he's all that comfortable. Now, I would guess that's probably based on the fact that the first couple of years, if he did something wrong, he was going to end up on the bench. That can that that can have a tendency of making you feel a little uncomfortable. But at this point, this is his opportunity to kind of shine, and uh, we'll see what we get. Uh, it might it might extend into the postseason, but I think you're probably like you can't say the Knicks are screwing up with Obi when they're developing quickly and Grimes at the same time. I think that at that point, you have to say it's more kind of on the player than on on the coach or on the organization. 1-800-919-ESPN is your telephone number. Coming up, more of your Nick calls. Top of the hour will reveal the final for the rewatchable movie bracket. Aaron Hicks's comments. Lots to do. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Has Dan really gotten a, a, a run of, of uh, shows? I guess he can't right now because the Knicks and Rangers are playing. But I would think that his show is going to be so impacted. I guess Larry and I, too, by the pitch clock, more so than any other show. You know, last year, Larry and I would be on the air when Yankee games, bet games were going on. Now, good chance by the time we hit 10 o'clock summertime, the games are going to be over. And Dan, I would think a lot of times, Dan, usually last year, 10 o'clock rolls around, you're eh, maybe seventh inning, eighth inning. And I got to say one thing about the, the pitch clock. And, and look, I, I, my personality is, and it's not something I'm concocted, it's just the way I'm, I'm made, is I always try to find the other side of the argument. I always try to look to, to be devil's advocate. If everybody's going one way, I want to know what, what's the other side of the argument. But I have to admit, I have not heard one legitimate reason why the pitch clock is bad. I've heard people try to come up with things for why it's bad. But I have not heard they are, you really got to work on your arguing skills or you really have to come up with your, your uh, finding the negatives in things skills because it generally has come down to two things. A, I don't like the games going by so fast. I want them to take longer, as if they're cutting the games off in the sixth inning. You're still getting the same amount of stuff. You're just getting it pressed into a smaller package. I really wish things would take longer. Has anyone ever said that before? Man, I really wish things would take longer. I wish this line at the, at the airport, I, I just, it's, it's nice. I just wish it would take longer. 
I wish my commute to work. I wish it would take longer. It's too fast. I want to I want to listen to the radio on the Gordon Damer show even longer. Nobody's ever said that. I, I just want things to take longer. And then the other complaint I keep hearing, and I, I don't know, maybe it's people on the K show that bringing it out. People complaining about the food at the ballpark. Hey, newsflash, if the game's going to take two and a half hours, maybe you eat after the game. Maybe if the game is going to go 209, you don't need Shake Shack. <laughs> maybe you don't eat sushi at the ballpark. Maybe you don't need that. You don't need this, this idea that you go to the ballpark and eat this five-course meal is a fairly new concoction. People are calling up shows, you know, the, uh, the owners, they're going to be losing a lot of money on the concessions. Why do you care? Why would you ever possibly care about that? If you are eating pizza, God bless you. Here's the thing. If you're at the ball game, right, and it's the sixth inning, and, and you want to have something to eat, here's a novel idea. The guy who walks around with the hot dog, get one of them. Get a hot, get a hot dog. Get something quick. Do something fast. Or eat after the game. We hit, we, you can't go an hour without eating? An hour, really? Come on. The amount of people complaining about the food. I wanted to get Shake Shack. Well, maybe you get Shake Shack after the game. There's more than one location. City Field is not the only Shake Shack location. Oh, my Lord. It's, uh, it's, I blame the K-Show. It's the only thing I can, I, I can go on. It, it has to be those guys. At this stage of my life, eating is like 90% of my joy. It is 90% of my joy, but who doesn't love a hot dog at the game? It's a baseball game. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. It's not buy me sushi. It's not buy me Shake Shack. Don't, it's not buy me one. And look, I lo- those roast beef sandwiches they have at Yankee State. I love those roast beef sandwiches. But you know what? If I want one of those, maybe I got to show up a little early. Maybe I got to do a little prep myself. Or if the game's going to go by in 207, maybe I get something after the game. Maybe I get something on my way out. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> Trust me. Uh, I better not go down that road. But there's some people out there that could go a couple hours. That's all I'm saying. All right? That's all I'm going to say. You could go a couple of hours without saying anything. Speaking of people who should not say anything, has anybody seen these Aaron Hicks comments? I'm sure you have by now. I'm sure they were the hot topic all day long. So we'll get into that coming up. We'll get an update on the Yankees. More of your phone calls, too. It's Gordon Damer in for Dan. It is 98.7 FM ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.